Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. All right, so this is a bonus episode for the week. We didn't record this live or anything. Uh, Derek Melkor on our team, one of our co-hosts, wrote a pretty granular article on how to find sheds. And he broke it down into three categories, and he goes into each of those in some good detail. Uh, good thought process, good critical thought. I think it's really solid advice. Um, goes a little bit above and beyond some of the other stuff you might see out there, like you know, look to the ground and you know, you know, whatever it is, obvious things. I think some of those things are important. Also, this is just a, a lot of preparatory work that can go into it to ensure that you're putting you know, your, your boots to good use in an area where you might actually find sheds and how to identify that. So my apologies because I did this uh, when I had a few minutes, like 20 minutes or so with Derek, and uh, we tried to align our schedules as best we could. And for some reason, the first two minutes of this, it was only picking up one speaker. Uh, like on the left side or right side. Uh, so after about two minutes and some odd seconds in, it picks up full stereo and not just mono. So my apologies for that. But once you get past that, um, you know, it'll sound better. Otherwise, all of it's good content, and we hope you enjoy it. And uh, shout out to our sponsors, uh, Spartan Forge. Head over to spartanforge.ai. Use code OHP for 25% off. And Go Wild. We now have our own page on Go Wild, so go ahead and search OKS Hunter. You can also find me, Greg, and Derek on the platform. Just hit us up on there, too. Um, no discount codes, but the uh, link for both of those platforms will be in our show notes. So hopefully you enjoy this episode and it helps you when shed season is here. You might want to go back and replay this one uh, when you're in your truck or your car on your way to go find some of those sheds. All right. Thanks, guys. This is the OKS Hunter podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks. That's just me in the freezer. It's your tag. You hunt how you want. This is OKS Hunter. So it's just Derek and I uh, for now because I wanted to do an extra episode about shed hunting. And it's a little under the gun. We probably got maybe 20 minutes to, to rock and roll on this. But Derek, I think the framework you created with the blog article you wrote, you had three key components to finding more sheds. One around using trail cams. Uh, one around um, just looking. And what was the second point, the third one? Uh, the, the scouting. Yes. Okay. So, so in, yeah, in, in writing those three tips, like, because, you know, you, you see shit hunting tips all over the place, and, and they're all good ones. And I kind of wanted to take a little bit of a different route. So, like, the tips, because you and I were talking on a text, you, you know, you gave your three tips, and I would say those are three great tips that you had mentioned. Um, but I kind of took a different approach to it because those, in my eyes, those like preparatory steps, like paid the biggest dividends to me being able to find more antlers. Like the, the normal tips, like the everyday ones, like, you know, walk slow and keep your eyes on the ground. Those are all excellent. You have to do those. Those are great tips. But like, if you walk slow through the woods with your eyes on the ground, (laughs) in the wrong spot, you're going to be walking all day and you're not going to find anything. (laughs) So kind of the way I looked at it was like from the very beginning ideally what could a guy do to put himself in a position that like the time he has to walk is going to yield the most amount of sheds 
is kind of how I looked at it. That is very logical. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm glad you talk about it that way because it, it, you're right. A guy that like me that hasn't found any sheds, I don't have any advice to give. Like, uh, yeah, look at the ground. Okay. That seems pretty obvious, but you know, talk... that is good advice. <laughs> yeah. But you talked about like using your trail cam, like just first of all, A, are there bucks in the area? Did they just drop or not? And if so, it might be worth burning that extra boot rubber. I think is how you put it um, to the story you talked about where your, where your mom came across that nice shed. Like you probably wouldn't have put that much equity into the, into the, you know, yeah. spending time looking for them yeah. if you didn't have that confirmation. Having that having that picture of a buck with one antler on, or you know he's in his camera, even if he's not there every day, you get a picture of a deer and you know it's in the area. Then all of a sudden, a little while later, a week or two goes by, and you're getting a picture of a big deer with no antlers. Hard to say for sure if it's him, but you know that's an area that it might be worth putting in a whole bunch of extra time walking. Whereas if you're just kind of guessing, you have no cameras, you make a pass through there one time, you don't find any antlers. Most guys are going to move on, and that's totally normal. Um, and in that same one with the cameras, uh, kind of knowing the timing of one antlers pop off, um, seems like bucks, like individual deer will drop almost the same time every year. So that's something you can literally learn if you're like following the same deer year after year, which, um, I don't know, doesn't happen a lot down here where Eric and I are in like Southeastern Wisconsin, unless maybe you're on private or public. Greg is on, on some bucks year after year after year, but up North, we were lucky enough that these deer just didn't get pressure and we could follow them year after year and they would drop almost within a three-day span every year. Um, but beside the point of that, um, knowing when when your competition is going to be out there. So competition up north for us, nobody shed hunts up there, but snow is the biggest factor. A deer drops his antlers, it drops 12 inches of snow. You're not going to be finding anything for months. Like you got to wait. So you got to know when those antlers fell like you said, get out there and walk, try to find them or save your time. Don't waste your time walking. You got to wait till it melts. And uh, in some areas that competition snow doesn't matter as much as people down here. I've noticed everywhere I go, there's a lot of boot tracks. So knowing when that deer drop his antlers and when you got to hit the gas and be like, yeah, I got to go look after work today. I got to go look after work tomorrow before the weekend to try to find an antler. Like is that's, what it's become <laughs> shed hunting has become this crazy popular thing to do. Um, and it, it really has become a super competitive sport. So the timing is a big thing that trail cameras kind of help me with is battling the snow, knowing when to walk and when not to, and having an idea of when those antlers fell off. So you know when to invest your time. Cause if you're walking two months after the antlers dropped and there's lots of guys in your area, you're, you're at the, much lower yeah i can't tell if i'm actually any good at shit hunting or people just beat me to it maybe i was in the right spot i never had that confirmation i think the confirmation of and i think that is that affirmation that some people might be missing but the snow melting thing is a, is a quandary too especially up north like where you're talking about where you're at up there there's a lot more snow up north than there is down here in southeast southwest wisconsin like a lot more because it's colder longer so <laughs> it just keeps piling on and doesn't melt doesn't melt doesn't melt until finally it does and it takes some time I never realized what it, what a difference it was. Cause it's not that far. It's only like three and a half hours from where I live now. But until we moved down here and I literally saw the difference when my parents are sending me photos from up North and there's 28 inches and we've got a dusting here. I didn't think it would be that different, but yeah, up North, man, usually shed hunting doesn't start till April because the snow just starts melting in April. 
I always hope for my birthday in March that I get to go shed on things, but that's never the case up there. It's always too much snow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the snow makes a big difference. In our group chat, you and Greg were talking about getting cross-country skis to get back to some certain places. Sounded terrible. Yeah. Those things are, that's a work yeah. on your legs, by the way. And and you better have some, like, <laughs> deodorant glide or something like that. You're going to get some chafing with your start, your thighs start rubbing together. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah and then you you throw a little bit of gear on your back you get top heavy i'm not that good on skis i know i spent a lot of time digging myself out of snow bags. yeah cross-country skiing is a, is a workout but so you know the trail cam for confirmation of bucks and, and when they're falling to get the timing right to reduce competition that that makes sense everything you're saying in hindsight's 2020 but if you haven't considered this stuff it's good to hear it um to your second point you, you talk about like scouting um you had mentioned you love to scout just as much as the next guy does, but if you're going to go scouting, you're probably not going to find that many sheds if that's your focus, and that's okay. But if your goal is to find sheds, you want to reconsider the the approach you're taking. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes sometimes just what you see will kind of tell you what to do. If you don't see a lot of poop um, when you're walking in the springtime, you're probably not in an area where they spend time in the winter. So, I mean... All of a sudden, your shed hunt, you, you're not seeing much signs from over the winter. There's not much poop. The trails aren't covered in poop. Um, you don't see much stuff browsed off, nipped off. You might be better off just scouting, walking around, you know, checking for good spots, for fall signs. But if you are scouting on a mission, you get into a spot that looks like, holy cow, it looks like the deer spent some time here over the winter months. All the cedars are eaten off and everything's nipped off already in the spring. And you start seeing a whole bunch of poop on the trails where, you know, you could tell the deer were gathered. Then I absolutely turn that scouting mission into a shed hunting mission and start, you know, looking for antlers. But uh, kind of like what you said before, you have to know where those deer kind of were or at least have an idea. Otherwise, that slow walking, looking, man, I think that's where a lot of new guys get turned off by shed hunting. It's like they get on a deer trail and start walking real slow and looking and you can look all day long for two weeks and not find anything. You got to be looking in the right areas. And that's the part that takes time to learn. And you gotta, you gotta actually scout for sheds. Like you gotta know where they are in the winter, you just like for, you do for, for hunting buck areas too. Like, so, you know, anything you may have learned about buck bedding from some of the personalities that talk about that or the hunters that talk about that, like that might be advantageous, you know? Absolutely. Follow Absolutely. Me. But that's still um, easier said than done. <laughs> like, if I knew where the damn bucks <laughs> well, were betting, I would go yeah. get them. Like, that, you know, it's not that damn easy. It's easy to say. And, and I mentioned in the, in the little blog right up there that, like, all these things that I'm saying are ideal, what you could do. But no way. Like, I don't have time to do this stuff anymore. Before I had kids, yeah, I, could, I was running cameras. Now, I mean, I barely have time to do that stuff. So I'm just saying if a guy had the time and really wanted to do it, this is what I would do. Um, now I basically am just taking different rides home from work in my car and seeing where there's deer trails and <laughs> kind of making a mental note that, yeah, there was sure, deer, if you deer saw bucks there last season. Maybe, maybe it's an opportunity like, okay, I know that there were bucks there last season. Let's see if I can go find their sheds. Cause like how cool would that be or, or whatever? Like I have some of those areas, you know, I have two spots. I have, I have my gun spot and my bow spot and both like, shit, I found a shed last year gun hunting. So, you know, like I have some assumptions that are valid for where bucks are. I just, are there going to be sheds? I don't know. I guess. Yeah, and Eric, that that shed you found this year, that was a pretty cool one, nice one. That woods, does that like have oaks in it? There are. It's it's a pretty it's very diverse. Uh, it's it's um, you know, 
the driftless area, there's a lot of bluffs and things like that. So lots of cornfields, but then bluffs and then woods. There's a you know a part with pines, uh, specifically where I was coming out of that leads into a draw that there's a lot of converging features that come together, and there's this thick, thick, um, you know, nasty stuff that'll cut you up if you walk through it. I'm not like Greg. I run all the plant types, but... Um, <laughs> you know, some thorns and stuff. And a lot of the bucks, at least over the last 10 years I've hunted there, seem to bed in that area and come out of there almost like clockwork every year. Whether they're bigger, that's yeah. a different question. But, you know, it wasn't too far from that area where I found the shed. Yeah. I mean, if you can find an area that had just a ton of acorns and some of those acorns made it through the regular, you know, fall hunting season, there's still acorns on the ground. We've done very well shed hunting in areas just with dropped acorns. And you'll see where the deer have been digging them up. So, like, you can find people think, you know, you got to be in some nasty swamp to find sheds because that's where bucks feel comfortable, but they're going to be wherever the food is. So, we've we've done really well in oak flats that still had acorns late season. And you'll get in these spots where all of a sudden that snow's melting, it's the springtime, and you'll get in spots where the leaves literally look like they've been shredded by, like, a shredder. The leaves are so chopped up because they've already froze. There's been snow, and so many deer have come in there walking and pawing that the leaves literally look shredded up like confetti. And you're like, holy crap, what the hell's going on? There's deer crap all over. Those deer were just pawing for acorns. And uh, we found tons of sheds laying up in the middle of the wide open hardwoods because that's just where they were feeding all winter. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That, that's So it's not always thick stuff. No, and, and you got to imagine some of that thicker stuff might be enough to, to bump an antler off. I know where I found the, the one that I did, I only found the one. I, I wasn't an additional one. Or I, didn't, I didn't go looking really hard for it, but it was like, kind of under a bush. I have to assume maybe he was bedding there because it was tucked in pretty tight to the base of this bush. Um, it, it wasn't like out in the open or something. So I don't know why his head would have been down there. It wasn't like there was a rub on it or something. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's my assumption. But I got so damn excited. I didn't take any pictures or anything. Like I didn't do the where it lies. I was just like, oh my God, and I ran to before anyone else could get it because I was panicking and so my group was going to find it. I feel like uh, I feel like you're not the only one, man. <laughs> in the beginning, any the first, 20 sheds I found. I don't think I have any as they <laughs> You just get so excited that there is one. Yeah. You just go grab it. And you're like, oh, shit, I should put that back down and take a picture. <laughs> I literally went from walking at like a really meanderable kind of pace to sprinting in my boots. And my buddy's like, what the fuck is wrong with Eric? And then I started screaming. It's like, what's all the commotion over there? It's like, <laughs> anyway. Oh, it is exciting, though, especially when you're, you know, yeah, I haven't found many, or you're, you're looking for them, and it's like a needle in the haystack, and then all of a sudden, there it is. It's Surprise. funny that I wasn't looking, and it popped out to me, because then it was like a really, it was, a, it was like a double, triple take, like, wait, what, wait, what, wait, what, you know? <laughs> First, if I'm looking, I'm, everything looks like an antler then, so, yeah. you know, one of your tips is, is looking, and, and you do have to be looking, and, and most, you talked about finding a lot of branchlers at some point oh, yeah. when we were talking, and I love that term, by the way, but you know, how many, how many of those are you finding versus any walking like corn stalks or cut corn? Like if you're not walking that the right way, then everything looks like a damn antler. Like literally oh, every corn, corn stalk. Corn is, is like, the worst. Cut corn is the worst. Yeah. I mean, food, it, so you might find them out there, but you got to look really hard. And that's, and I guess that's a good thing. Like when you're seeing branchlers or, you know, things that look like antlers, then I think your brain's in the right spot. Your eyes are in the right spot. Cause you're, you're looking for those connections and like, Figuring out, you know, the more you find, obviously, the better your eye gets at picking out those weird shapes. And I mentioned it in there that, like, when I was younger, I just joined every shed hunting group that I could. And I looked at all these pictures. And, like, not only did it help your eye pick it out, obviously, but I'm not going to lie. Like, I looked at every picture and was like, okay, why was that buck there? Like, what kind of train is it? You know what I mean? Like, 
obviously the ones in the field, okay, you know they're feeding there, but just looking at the terrain in each picture where they found a big shed was like, okay, why would a deer want to be there? Okay, you can kind of analyze and learn from that. Uh, but the curve of the beam definitely helps it stand out. And then I found that just the spacing, like, you know, think of like the picket fence, right? A deer that's got a couple times just spaced out every two inches. You see something spaced out nice and even like that in the woods because branches stick up like that. But that's always something that I look for is the curve of the beam and then that nice even spacing of vertical times. Yeah, and you've shared a lot of pictures with us of a lot of the sheds that you found. And, uh, you know, even in the, if you're listening to this, this is a bonus episode. This will drop later in the week. Um, <clears throat> There is a blog article on OKSHunter.com. If you go to the menu and click blog, it's the most recent one from this week. Also go on our email on Wednesday, uh, which if you're on that, you'll already have received it. But you know, Derek goes much more into depth in some of the writing, but I just wanted the opportunity to, to speak to it also because some people don't like to read and they want to just listen or whatever. Everyone's got a different preference. And we had done an episode uh, with your buddy Bo a while back. We called it shit hunting, but then we went down like 20 different rabbit holes. I don't think we ever did the topic justice, unfortunately, so that's okay. That happens, Someone you know. Stories going to stories, yeah. So then we're like, well, you know, maybe we should circle back on this, and it's it's relevant. Um, but to your point, e- even just considering if you look at all those photos, the one thing I would look at if you're doing kind of like this uh, analysis almost, um, what is the most common theme? Are, are you seeing 75% of them in cornfields or, you know, 30% in hardwoods or, or whatever? And then think about what you have near you where, where like, if you don't have cornfields by you, then, like, that's not even going to be a thing. Like yeah. you talk about up north, it's way different up there than it is down here. It, it, it's a totally different game. And I think uh, we mentioned it when we did talk with Bo. Um, but one of the things, like, if you have any access to walking your agriculture or field, any kind of grass near fields. Grassy areas, the buffer strip between fields, little swale grass where the farmer wasn't able to get his equipment before you get to the woods. If there's if there's a grassy area, those deer love to bed there in the nighttime when they're chewing their cud. And you will find a lot of antlers in those little grassy areas where the deer lay down after feeding at nighttime. Great area and agricultural spot. And then up north, you just you, just, you got to find where they're feeding, and they'll be secure better nearby somewhere and different states have different seasonality here and, and you know climates and, and terrain and things like that so you know maybe you're following some shed season shed hunting shed rally some sort of hashtag or group or page or you're just seeing the stuff out there but maybe that's a guy down in tennessee you know or a gal or whatever <laughs> so it's one of those things where you start to get this fomo and then you're like shoot do i need to be out right now and you talk about well if the snow is melted it's not gonna do anybody any good anyway so you know, keep in mind what it looks like around you. I, you know, one thing that I'll add digitally, um, you know, go wild to sponsor of us. And this is, isn't necessarily a plug for them, but, but it kind of is, um, on their app, they have a geolocation feature. So you can go, they have what's called trail mixes. Trail mixes are uh, a topic stream or thread, kind of like Reddit has like a, you know, a topic or thread, like a forum. And you could find, I think they have a trail mix for shed hunting, and you could proximity nice. that to people near you that are posting photos of sheds. And, and that'll give you a better idea of maybe what's going on in your locale. Like, they have enough users where you're going you're gonna to see, like, oh, okay, well, there were, you know, 20 photos uh, this week than there were last week here in southeast Wisconsin from people nearby, right? So that's I think, an interesting I think that's tactic an that you could take, too, just from a timing perspective. 
that is a that is a great thing to note, especially if you're a beginning a beginning shed hunter and you start seeing stuff pop up on your social media, uh, Instagram and Facebook. People are finding sheds, and it it doesn't mean that it's time to hit the woods. <laughs> people, are, you know, you find the first shed of the year, people are eager to post it, but every area is different, like Eric said, and it all depends on what your herd is doing. Like our buddy Greg is sending and posting some awesome videos. He's got a really hot food source, and he's got some cameras nearby. And these bucks are piling in there. They're sparring. They're fighting. They're the antlers are not popping off. <laughs> yeah, they're sleeping in a big bachelor group. Those deer still have testosterone going because they're still posturing up. They still have the pecking order because there's so many bucks in this area. So they still are, hey, well, I'm going to get that bed today. I'm going to eat deer first. So they're still t- testosterone full. The deer up north where there's way less deer, those antlers are probably off by Christmas because there aren't many deer. And they don't have any competition, so the testosterone drops way sooner, and those antlers pop off. So it really makes a difference. You got to kind of know what's going on in your neck of the woods. So ask somebody who's local. You know, when do I need to be out there so you don't waste all your time walking while they're still wearing their hats? Yeah. But also, you, you mentioned like it's a mental game, and you know, prepare your mind for this kind of stuff. And and I think you know, any opportunity you get to get outside is just fun, and it's an adventure. Bring your kids. Bring your dog. You get the opportunity to get out of the house for cabin fever that builds up. I mean, this is like, I mean, when do you think this starts really? Like end of February, early March for our area, perhaps? Yeah, I would say if you start it's near, you know, the second, third week of February, I think you're probably right on time to, to start getting out there. And I mean, there's a lot of guys who say, don't waste your time shed hunting. You know, you should be scouting, looking for next year. I've never went shed hunting and not learned something about deer ever like if you're looking to learn you're going to learn something if you're not just aimlessly walking hoping you step on a shed antler like it's all about your mindset like i always learn something i always can relate it to what i'm doing during the hunting season so i absolutely do not think it's a waste of time but that's just my my opinion no and most hunters shouldn't and if it can be a little defeating you're like man am i ever gonna like me i (laughs) like am i ever gonna find a freaking shed i found deadheads (laughs) like that must count a little bit um, yeah, it absolutely does. <laughs> and and you know, to the, all the oh, to the OKS hunters out there, we got a number of people tagging us already and finding a little uh, you know uh, toothpicks out there and and you know fork fork spikes and things like that where they're tiny and and the smaller ones they are harder to find. And this is our moment to shine, folks. If you're an OKS hunter, you find a small one, you better freaking tag us, man, because good for you. I mean, the OKS hunter motto, right? You use your your tag, your hunt, so you should be proud of anything you shoot. But when you find a tiny shed, man, that is the pinnacle. Like your eyes are eagle eyes. You are the spotter. Those are the hardest ones. Anyone can find a giant antler. But you got to be looking to find those little guys. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's definitely the the reverse of hunting season. <laughs> like, oh, we found a big one. Well, that was easy. whoop de doo <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's funny. No, that's cool. I, I think this is good. I have to pop off. I got to take my daughter to ballet. But this covered it well enough. And if you want to get more and you have an appetite for it, you can always call into the show and talk to us. Of course, uh, we're live on Tuesdays, but I would go check out the article that Derek put together. It's pretty great. 